we don't actually desire the same safety for ourselves that we desire for other people. You know, we want wild freedom for ourselves and we want to know the people that we love won't drive in the snowstorm. Right. And those those contradictions, I think, make humans so dear and special that, you know, the people who didn't want to walk with me didn't want to walk with me because they want me to be safe. I walked away from a six figure job. They want me to have everything I need. They want, you know, my kids to be able to go to college like it has nothing to do with an unwillingness. It has to do with a misguided sense of how we protect people. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibboy Cooper. I am the founder, creator, and host of this podcast. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Really looking forward to this conversation today. Today we're talking about finding new paths, which is a very um, important part of any type of growth, self-development, or just just the self-actualization, realization of who you are and what you need to do. Often, you're not going to find that realization on the same path that you're on. You may find the fork in the road, but you won't find the path there. So we're going to, we, we have a guest with us today. Her name is Kristen Giant. Um, she is the social media manager, marketer, and a big part of the uh, hyperlocal impact brand that is really doing some amazing work here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and reaching a lot of people. It's a very... Really awesome stuff. And uh, you also worked with uh, with an organization called Pond, right? I feel like you are. Yes. What, 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 what do you do? Let me, let's, 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 let's. Wow. That's a big one. Um, I, I wear lots of hats, which, which works for me. Um, right. It's not that I get bored easily. It's that I like to constantly be learning. And right. I'm really, really curious about new things. So I have Hyperlocal Impact, which I founded a year ago. Um, it's really, what it's morphed into is a social media account that helps activate people to action with their money in Fort Wayne, hyper-local, really focused on this region and the city. Um, I am also the chief growth officer at Pond, which is a tech startup currently based out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, that helps connect nonprofits to the tech solutions that they need to maximize their impact. So working for a tech startup has been uh, really fun. It's been a different pace than working for myself for a year. Um, I may, I, I actually had mandatory naps for myself as my own boss, <laughs> like twice a day, you know, if nice. you don't meet those nap goals, nice. you're out of here. Nice. Um, so working for Pond is great. I also, um, run grant making for a local foundation, okay. the McMillan foundation. Um, and then I am a pro bono service provider for the family and friends fund for Southeast Fort Wayne. Yikes. You yeah. do so many things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun, but I stay, I stay very busy. Yeah. 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 So do you enjoy wearing this many hats? May I ask? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. And it's, it's one of those things. I think, um, our generation, we've been sold a lot about finding fulfillment in our jobs. Right. And what I've found is that you're probably never going to find one job 
that fulfills all of your needs. So um, for me, it's about being really clear about my boundaries and expectations um, in each of the different things that I do, what I can do, what I can't do, delegating things to other people when I reach my threshold. But I love it. I love it. It's it's the happiest I've ever been professionally um, because I'm always learning something new every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's, what is your background? What would prepare you for uh, a life or a career as all of the things you do, chief, chief growth officer, nonprofit founder, uh, grant underwriter. Yeah. It, it yeah. seems like a, a lot of different, uh, a broad category of skill sets. You know, how, our, how do you put all that together? Our topic today, I think, is really in line with this because I think that we, millennials and Gen Z, we receive some advice that's sort of stale. Okay. And one piece of advice that I think we hear a lot is that if you don't stay in jobs a long time, you're going to look unreliable or you're going to look like a flake or whatever. You're going to be unhirable. Um, so I do, I have a law degree. That's I'm a licensed attorney. That is something that is true. Um, I, I got that degree fairly strategically. Um, it's the fastest terminal degree you can get. So in three years, you can't possibly, you can't become an extra lawyer. You know, you can't yeah. become, like get another yeah. thing that makes you like a super lawyer. You're just a lawyer. Um, and I, I did that, you know, in part because I'm a woman and I wanted to be able to walk into doors with authority and yeah. sort of gravitas. Absolutely. I don't think I had to go to law school to do that, but it, it didn't, it didn't hurt. Um, and then the other piece of it that I think is really important is if a job, if you're not learning at a job anymore and you can leave, leave. You should leave. So I've had, um, since college, I graduated college, um, in 2009, I've had like, like 30 jobs. Like yeah. I've just done so much, some of it for free, some of it paid. Um, I've stayed at jobs for less than a year if they, if I hated them and they weren't teaching me anything. Yeah. And there's risk there, of course. Um, but also, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm facing an opportunity, I can say, I've used that software. I've done client outreach. I've, you know, I can read those con like yeah. I've done all the things that yeah. are on that list um, because I've left jobs when they weren't serving me anymore or gone to something that looked more interesting. You said left jobs when they weren't serving you anymore. That is a really different way of looking at things because yeah. we're always look, we as, you know, millennials and below and even above, right? right? Even with the the baby boomers and all those other generations, um, you're always taught to serve your job. Um, and the paradigm has shifted to how does this job serve me? Yeah. You know. Well, and I think it's I think it's really relevant. You know, some of the best advice, date like relationship advice my mom ever gave me. I was languishing over breaking up with a boyfriend because I I was miserable, but I was certain that I would ruin his life if I broke up with him, right? Because, you know, he loved me. And she said to me, you know, if you don't, if you're not happy, chances are you're not the right person for him either. And that piece of advice, like, I remember being really wounded when she first gave it to me because I was like, okay, I'm amazing. First of all, <laughs> he will be devastated because I'm the best woman he'll ever have sort of like no, ego, ego driven right. framework. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when you can remove your ego from it and say, if I'm not happy, I'm not satisfied. If I'm like on Facebook for six hours of my eight hour shift, guess who's winning? Nobody. Yeah. Right. Nobody's winning. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not fulfilled, if you're not, 
you know, getting out of bed, ready to do the job. And, and this, this applies, you know, more specifically to desk type jobs um, because, you know, jobs that mainly require your body, you don't necessarily have to be inspired to give yeah. a, a solid performance that day. Yeah. Um, but for me, when I hit that moment where I'm no longer inspired, I know that there's someone that could take my place that's going to do better work even though I still think I'm the greatest person in the world, right? Someone will do better <laughs> right. work. Because they want to be there. They yeah, if they want, want to, to be do there. that work. And for you, you know, what opportunity is waiting on the other side of you saying, like, I'm, I'm in a position to walk away from this? Right, right. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. But it also <laughs> sounds very, very real. You know, you got to realize what's working for you and what's not. And also what works for the other person. Everybody yeah. has different outcomes, right? Based off yeah. of the, the paths that they yeah. choose, you know. And there's, um, I mean, there's a privilege there that I want to take a second to acknowledge. Um, I, you know, growing up, my mom, oh, this was, this was an example for me. Like I'm not, I didn't invent this. When my mom was unhappy in a role, she left. And maybe sometimes that meant that we were, pinching pennies together mm-hmm. to pay the bills. And, but, but I always knew that her humanity mattered more, right? It was the most important thing. And, you know, obviously that's not necessarily something everyone can choose to do. Yeah. Um, my husband and I actually have really different risk appetites. So I'm like, we'll eat. Don't worry about it. And he's like, don't worry about eating. <laughs> like we have two kids, we got to pay our bills. Um, so if you don't have a high risk tolerance, this advice might be terrible for you. <laughs> but if you do, Definitely. if you have sort of an appetite for risk, right. um, pursue things that, you know, are going to bring you. Yeah, I completely story. get that. Yeah. I'm apparently have a very high appetite for risk because I keep upheaving my life. <laughs> Me too. So I don't think, I it's think like I'm a responsible person. <laughs> But I really do believe in finding new paths and I'm committed to it to the point where I will suffer for it. Yeah. Like, and that is, I think it's equality, but I don't think that works for many people. (laughs) Well, and it's, I think, I think we're in an age where we don't realize how many things that we're doing weren't our choice. Yeah. So the last time you were on your phone for longer than an hour, did you sit down and say, I'm going to kill an hour on my phone? No. No. The last time you like arrived at a destination and didn't remember the drive, did any part of you say, I'm going to just sort of zone out for this commute? No. A lot of our automated world, we don't realize that what we ate, what we bought, what we consumed, what we listened to, you know, like we we didn't make a single choice all day and we did things all day. Um, So I think with the suffering, you know, sometimes at least it's suffering of your choice, right? Yeah. Like there's something about that that yeah. I think I could absolutely just yeah. be chill and not worry about it and just be nice kid boy and <laughs> fit in or whatever. Yeah. But that's not what I want to do. Right. Yeah. So so what about, you know, growing up watching your mom move from job to job, you know, um to do what served her best? Mm-hmm. You know, what about that influences your work? Yeah, I mean, no one's more monumental to my life um, and any of my success than my mom. And I think one of the things, and actually right now we're recording this in the corporate offices uh, for Utopian Coffee. And Shout out to Utopian shout Coffee. Out to Utopian. About a year and a half ago, I was talking with Brendan Maxwell, the founder and CEO, and I was just languishing. 
I think I want to start my own business, but like, can I do it? Like, what if I fail? You know, will, will anyone care? And, and he looked at me and just said, and we're, we're wired very differently. We get along great, but he said, okay, so what's the worst thing that could happen? And we kind of played it out. And about a week later, I quit my job because it was that perspective of like, the worst thing that could happen is I start applying for jobs in a month. Yeah. You know, or I crawl back to my little boss and beg them to take me back. Um, and I think that being raised by a strong woman, what that gave me was a sense of the worst that can happen. You know, if you've been comfortable and safe and had all of your needs above and beyond met your whole life, your imagination for the worst that can happen isn't really there, right? Like mm -hmm. you imagine that living paycheck to paycheck would kill you. Or that not driving a nice car would be, you know, you'd be an outcast from society or you wouldn't have any friends. And <laughs> That is wild. I mean, when we had a car, it wasn't the nicest car, right? Yeah. But I had, you know, I was, I was integrated into my mom's life. Um, we were with her at every job she had. Um, as soon as we got off school, she brought us. And what I saw is that when she was thriving professionally, she was a better mom. Yeah. She was a better friend. She was a better human. Yeah. Um, so what I learned is that the risks of doing, you know, of doing something that's right for you aren't all that bad. And yeah. it's, um, and you know, this is, I'm having kind of some tension with this concept of manifesting and how it sort of interacts with white supremacy and white privilege. But at the same time, there's always going to be someone that'll pay you to do something. Yeah. And we've done both me and my mom, we've had humbling jobs. We've had impressive jobs and we're still yeah. who we were before yeah. we did that you know it builds a measure of resilience too you know I often think that I'm uh because how can I say this <laughs> I have sacrificed a lot to be where I'm at at this point and so I'm not going to allow any job to tell me how to feel and to tell me something that isn't acceptable is acceptable. Yeah. Or to tell me that their mediocre management is just the way that it is. You know, like I'm just not. And I'm, you know, I may do whatever I need to do, but also I realize I have a skill set that is very employable and I don't have to. Right. Uh, and, I, and I say that not to be arrogant or anything, but I just feel like, you know, we're talking about new paths, right? So, you know, when, when, when a new path presents itself or when your old path is not serving you anymore, you have to get off. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're just standing there. And I think you use the word arrogance. And I think this is a particular issue in the Midwest where we think that knowing our strengths makes us arrogant or knowing where we're, you know, where we're irreplaceable makes us egotistical yeah labor has power inherently yeah. and we've all been programmed to think that we're the ones without power and i don't mean this in like a workers uprising thing it's like every interaction you have with a manager or a boss or even a peer like the system doesn't work without you so you have to know your strengths you have and and for me you know one of my biggest strengths and it's manifested in really strange ways in my career is just being with people yeah. People like to be with me. It doesn't make me egotistical to know that. Yeah. Right? Any more than it makes me egotistical to say I'm a fantastic writer. 
I need to know those things because that's what's going to give me the power to claim my life. Right. If I'm looking down at my feet and saying, well, you know, I'm replaceable and I don't, you know, I, I bring what I can't like, then you're going to be at that door and not walk through it because you don't know who, you know, who you are and what you have mm. to contribute. Um, I think that that's a really great perspective on that because if you aren't sure about who you are, it makes it difficult to discern what a new path is. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and what, which of your strengths, you know, there's, there's a Venn diagram. You don't have to enjoy all the things that you're good at. Right. And you don't have to be good at all the things you enjoy. We're in this like hustle culture that says, you know, you have to be able to turn what you love to do into money. So you have all these people trying to be professional artists when like, really, maybe you just want to freaking draw. Like, why can't you just color? Right. Why can't I just sing in the shower and that be enough? So where is that overlap between what you're good at and what you enjoy doing? And you need to like hone in on that in a way that nobody can take it away from you. Because then when you're not making money from it, you still know you're good at it and you still know you love it, which is ultimately, I mean, I I shared this at Rotary a couple of weeks ago, you know, hyperlocal from a um, hyperlocal impact, my consulting company from a numbers perspective as a failed business that I just decided to like turn into a social media hustle. You know, like my sec it's now it is a second Instagram account. That is what it is. When I started, I had financial projections. I'd be bringing in, you know, uh, probably like 70,000 by the end of my first year. And like going into, you know, my third year, I'd be looking at six figures and I was going to get that sustainable. Like I had a business plan that didn't freaking happen, but it's not a failure because it wasn't about me making six figures. It was about me aligning what I love and what I'm good at. And I did that. And I love to share that. I think I wish more people in Fort Wayne that are hustlers would share that they're not making dollar because it doesn't take away from the excellence of what you've created and what people have latched onto. Yeah. Um, it, 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 if anything, it underpins it and solidifies it and makes it something even more worth celebrating. Yeah. That's, mm, you said a lot right there. You said a lot. I always do. Never shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I want to unpack that. So, so in, in, in terms of, of finding a new path, do you feel like you have to have a certain level of confidence? Um, do you, how would you evaluate a new path? So, you know, say somebody who's in a, in a situation now and they're realizing that their job or maybe their relationship or maybe the, the, the whatever that they're doing is not serving them anymore. You know, their old behaviors are not serving them anymore. Their, their ideas about who they are are causing them to uh, to receive more pain or to not be able to reach any fulfillment? Like what, what, how do they evaluate mm. what the next step is? For me, this past year and a half, and I wouldn't have been able to give this advice a year and a half ago. I wouldn't have thought this was it. Will that step allow you to be more or less honest and authentic with who you are? And that is now, that's like my lens. That's my lens is, um, so the, the two kind of clients that I have, um, the foundation being one of them, the family and friends fund being the other, those are both places where I can show up completely myself, right? Where I can speak truth as I know it. Um, and if someone offered me twice as much money and said, you have to stop posting on the internet, that step would make me be less honest yeah. than I am. Yeah. And I would have to say no, or I would have to say yes at great peril. And I think a lot of us, when we're in 
kind of institutional roles. And this is what I've heard this year, you know, with hyperlocal empaths and with the family and friends fund, I constantly have people in my DMs saying, man, I wish I could be as outspoken as you are, but I work for XYZ nonprofit and I don't want to upset my donors. Mm. Or I wish I could, you know, speak out loudly about like for black lives and like, you know, raise my fist for black power, not just like this timid version of like, let's all be friends, but I can't because my spouse, because my employer, because my cousin. So when you make your next move, if where your heart is, is that you want to be a champion for what's right, your next move better get you closer to that. Or why would you move, you know? Or why would you move? That's really great advice. I hope y'all took that. Does your next step allow you to be more or less authentic? I think that is a very, very good indicator of whether something is right for you because it goes back to self. You can't determine what a good next path for you is if you don't fundamentally know who you are. What you bring to the table and what you're trying to accomplish with your life. Who you're trying to be. Who you're trying to be. I I think, you know, and, and here's the thing. The reality is... No matter what path you take, you're going to make mistakes on it. Oh, yeah. There's always going to be something. I think it was Les Brown who said, you know, something will always knock you to the ground. I would rather be knocked down from standing up than sitting down. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us get so caught up in our ideas about ourselves, in our own mindsets. And I've done this, too. You know, you get so determined to be this or that. That when life knocks you down, you completely forget what made you you in the first place. And remembering that mm-hmm. is what give, what gave me, gives me the, the authority and the, the resilience to establish a new path. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, that's such great advice mm-hmm. the way that you put that. It's just, yeah. Does this allow you to be more honest? Or are you playing some role because you feel like you need to fit in with something? Yeah. If that's what you're doing, that's fine. But know that. Know that. And know that there's a cost to that. And I think, you know, I'm so glad that you mentioned falling and failing. Um, Because if we made every decision based on who we completely are. Yeah. I'd be so paralyzing. Because I am a lazy, you know, liar, manipulator, um, terrible mom, terrible, like... I am trying to be a lot racist, um, biased person. I, I'm trying to be a lot of things. But if I only allowed myself space on what I was finished being, I'd be like a bridge troll. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's no, you have to know where you are. You have to have an honest sense of where you are. But you have to know, you know, do I want, who do I want to be? And it's, It's been one of the most incredible things for me on Hyperlocal this year and with the Family and Friends Fund to be a public white woman failing. Mm. Because I think, I mean, perfection is one of the leading indicators, one of the leading symptoms of white supremacy, this desire to do something perfectly or not do it at all. How many white people aren't stepping into this space because they're afraid they're going to get canceled or someone's going to be mean to them or they're going to do it wrong, whatever it is. You will mess up. Do it anyway. You will mess up at whatever job you get, right? Like you're going to, one of these memory cards is going to be corrupted one of these days, right? Um, User error or not. So yeah, I mean, having that aspirational sense of like, can I even just be more honest to who you want to be? 
Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's not simple, but if you can, if you can do it, if you can give that to yourself, it's really, really beautiful. I mean, the growth, the growth on this path of authenticity to me, what's amazing is the shame dissipates so much faster. The shame that we all feel, you know, that's sort of our plight as humans when I mess up because I say, I'm not on a path to perfection. I'm on a path to better. So my screw up, yeah. I'm not lying at the bottom of a ditch. I just fell over. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's a 24 hour turnaround before I yeah. can dust off and get up, but it's not turning around and quitting. Mm. And that's made, you know, all the difference, all the difference yeah. for me. And, and, and there's truly just, there's, I keep talking about this. I took a trip and it was just really a very great experience. Um, Looked beautiful. Yeah, I took a trip to Shade State Park, and I did a lot of walking, a lot of hiking. And I got lost in the woods for a long time. And um, I kind of self-guided back. And during that process, I spoke out loud to myself. And the longer that I did it, the more things would come out of my mouth that I don't consciously remember thinking. And it was a really interesting experience. And one of the things that I, I took from that um, is it, it's kind of what you're saying. It's like they're, they're the path, your process is always going to be imperfect. You know, your, your biggest job is to continue to be consistent and to show up. Yeah. You know, anyway. yeah, is to do it anyway, is to keep going anyway. And whatever it is that you feel like you just have to know about yourself, do it. And that's, I mean, that exercise, this is kind of embarrassing, <laughs> Um I talk to myself always. Actually, it's why I listen to less podcasts is once I was working alone yeah. for myself, I have to have meetings, yeah. right? So it would be in the car. And this is the part that's kind of weird. I talk to myself almost exclusively in a British accent. Really? Uh, yeah. So whoever's listening to this, if you want to have me committed, that's fine. It sounds like a nice break <laughs> for my life, honestly. <laughs> Um, but those in those conversations, things surface that you hear for the first time. And maybe yeah. for you, it's writing. Maybe for someone else, it's talking out loud. Maybe you have a trusted friend or advisor because you can't just talk to yourself. Yeah. You got to get reps doing it. You got to yeah. get better at it. But yeah, it's it's amazing when you run into yourself. Yeah. Right? Like you bump into a wall and you're like, oh, there I am. I didn't know that until yeah. I bumped into me in the oh, woods, absolutely. lost in a clearing absolutely. or whatever it might be, in the, in the RAV4, right. in a British accent, <laughs> a posh British accent. Yeah. So what, what has been the, the, the most frustrating part about that you've personally experienced with, with establishing a new direction, with finding a new path, finding a new lane to be in? You know, we spoke about anxiety Right. Uh, of, of, of being worried about not being accepted, being worried that you won't do it perfectly. Um, but where does that come from, that worry? Yeah. I saw a cheesy meme quote thing someone shared on Facebook that said, uh, you know, nobody else has to believe in your calling. It wasn't a conference call. Mm. Or so, you know, something like that, where I, like I looked at it and I was like, okay, it wasn't a conference call. And then later I'm sitting with it and I'm like, that's, that's it for me, right? Is, you know, at various points this year, um, the people closest to me were at best confused with what I was trying to do, right? Yeah. Like at best confused, at worst, 
resentful, scared, angry, frustrated, um, you know, a lot of even more confrontational emotions. But at the end of the day, back to, you know, is it bringing you closer to your authentic self? The, The path I was on was only for me. And I have to say, you know, I'm a mother of two children. I'm a wife. I am a like a daughter who talks to my mom on the phone, you know, at least two hours a day. And if we haven't done it, I'm assuming she's mad at me. And like, we've got to make up for it the next day and talk for four hours. Like I am deeply entrenched in people's <laughs> lives. So to do something just for me is anathema to how I exist in community. And it's it doesn't mean I have to do it all alone. It doesn't mean I can't take input from someone else. But the worry is... If people aren't immediately bought in, which they weren't to anything I did this year, do you believe in it enough to keep going and let them catch up? And there are days when that was really easy, right? There were days when it was like, I'm so confident in what I'm doing that people not understanding it actually fuels me more, right? Like that, you know, uh, misunderstood artist thing. I could lean into it some days. And then some days, especially if like my depression or anxiety was high, it was like, no one will ever love me again. Right. And how do you manage those things? You know, you said it, you have to show up even when you're scared, you have to show up even when you're depressed. And and what, what I discovered this year was what if, when I show up, I say today it was hard to show up because I'm having a massive depressive episode. Today is the day and now is the time. If you have a good idea, good intentions and are looking for a way to get audience and to get your great message out to the world, I encourage you to start your very own podcast. You would be surprised the amount of folks who are waiting to hear your content. My name is Kibway Cooper and I have been an audio engineer for the past seven years years and I am offering one-on-one coaching to help you get through the beginning stages of creating your very own podcast. Please reach out to me and let me know how I can help you. My email address is empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com. We offer one-on-one coaching, a live masterclass, and even a 10-module course that will take you through the entire process of creating, producing, and distributing your podcast to your very own listeners. This is a great avenue to connect with your audience and to connect with people who are in need of your voice. Again, reach out to me at empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com and let's get your podcast started today. Is there space for that in the world? And what I found is not only is there space for that, there is a chorus of people who will trust you more, love you more, and care for you more if you're honest. Mm. And what would it look like? And that's, you know, I joined Mm. Pond. And one of the reasons that I did is our CEO, Mitch Stein, is doing his best to be that sort of a CEO of a tech company. You know, it's one thing for me in Fort Wayne, Indiana, running a social media account to talk about my depression. It's another thing for someone that's going to be raising institutional capital to talk about his anxiety, to talk about, you know, what it means to identify as a gay man in tech right? Um, yeah. in Indiana, all yeah. of those things and being around brave people makes me more brave. Yeah. Um, it makes me more, you know, when I see other people risking it all, it makes it not feel so lonely, but yeah, I do think if it's your path, uh, the stress and anxiety is because who are you going to blame when it goes all to hell? You know, it's you, just you. You said <laughs> when you, you see other people risking it all, it makes the path less lonely. 
I think that's a really great. Mm. That hit me a little bit. I think one of the, the most discouraging factors about defining a path or finding a new path is that often you're going to be on that path by yourself. There are people who you love very much who will not be able to stomach what you're about to go through. Yeah. But you know this allows you to be authentic and to serve a purpose. And some people are just not, they don't want to see through. You may have a whole plan for how this is going to, how this is going to work out in the next however many years. Right. They don't want to wait that long. Right. They want to figure something out now. Or they're just not willing to invest that type of energy. And I think a part of it, you know, I think humans are so precious. We're these like fleshy little creatures who just want each other to be safe. Yeah. Like we don't actually desire the same safety for ourselves that we desire for other people. You know, we want wild freedom for ourselves and we want to know the people that we love won't drive in the snowstorm. Right. Yeah. And those those contradictions, I think, make humans so dear and special that, you know, the people who didn't want to walk with me didn't want to walk with me because they want me to be safe. I walked away from a six figure job. They want me to have everything I need. They want, you know, my kids to be able to go to college. Like it has nothing to do with an unwillingness. It has to do with a misguided sense of how we protect people. Right. Mm, how we protect ourselves. Yeah. You know, the unknown, the, 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 the path that everybody is on must be the right one because everybody's on it. This right. is what I was raised to do. This right. is what my environment tells me. This is what my job culture every is like. I this see. is what, you know, every message I see tells me this is okay or this is not okay. But that's not, all of those messages come from someone's internal identification of whatever it is. Yeah. Their value system. Yeah. And I, I do, you know, to circle it back to the Midwest, um, I think that we, I, I have a story that like when I first moved to Fort Wayne, I pitched this idea I had to someone and I said, look, this is incredible because we could be the first people to do this. And their response was like, Whoa, we don't do, we don't want to be the first person to do something. We need to make sure that it's tried and tested and, and reliable before we're going to risk our money on it. And I think that's a very Midwestern value. You know, it's it's wait and see. It's let them fail. Like, we'll come on behind. And we don't want to be showy here anyway, right? The person crossing the threshold first, they have a tacky statue and like medals and suddenly they're gauche and braggarts and all these things. Um, and so we, we become more risk averse as a culture where, you know, we'll do something after Cincinnati does it and then after Des Moines does it and then after Louisville does it. Okay, now maybe we're ready here. And it's not because someone didn't come with the idea five years ago. They did. They came with the idea here first. And with Hyperlocal, that was a part of my goal was to adjust the culture because you can't have success without risk. And risk means, are you open to failure? And um, a lot of people aren't. Or they haven't even asked themselves if they are, you know? Yeah. And and I don't know. Some of some of my own personal biases and stuff, you know, are definitely in play because, you know, I I do believe that it is for me. It's important for me to 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 figure out what I'm made of. It is important for me to test 
my own levels of endurance Mm -hmm. because I believe I'm designed to pave a path. You okay, guys? It might come. My allergies. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like I'm designed to do that. Do I want company? Absolutely. Many hands make light work, (laughs) you know? But I also know that no one is going to take a trip into the deep woods with you, dude. They're and just what's, not. what's really incredible, though, Kibwood, is that you go in the woods and what you'll discover is that, you know, when you look in, it looks like it's woods all the way. Yeah. Right. And that's what you have to be willing to do is like, yeah. I might be stepping into a forever forest. Yes. And then what you probably find, right, a couple miles into that forest is that there's a clearing where there's already people and maybe some of them you even recognize because you didn't, you couldn't encounter that person before your change, right? Yeah. Before you went on that journey, you yeah. couldn't encounter them in their wholeness and in your wholeness. And I mean, that's been, even in my marriage, like when I was in the woods, we were struggling and I came out into this clearing and Joe was still there, but I had to go through what I had to go through to arrive and be able to rediscover him. And same with friendships, you know, same with, with everything where we've Ty, who's the co-founder of the family and friends fund. He and I have started saying this new thing, which is there is an urgent need for you to join us now. And if you don't, we'll circle back and we need you to join us right now. And if you don't join us right now, there will be consequences. And if you're not ready, we'll circle back because that's, that's it, right? It's, it's actually not, a path. It's a circle or a spiral. People describe it as, you know, you feel like you're going nowhere, but you're actually getting closer to the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, it's lonely, but if you can, you know, when you said you're designed for it, I am such a fear-based person. And I know that people that have observed me this year don't believe me when I say that I'm scared constantly. I'm scared of all conflict. I'm scared of letting people down so much that like, me too. I don't even know who I am underneath it all. Yeah. Like when yeah. I make a choice and it's like, do I even like black coffee or did I start <laughs> to drink black coffee at one point? And now it's just what I like. I don't even know if any, did I pick this sweatshirt because I'm such a people pleaser. And, and within that, you know, you find these moments where you realize you're only really you if you're scared. You're only really you if you're growing. You're only really, you know. If you're uncomfortable, finding ways to, oh, let me, let me. <laughs> I believe you have to be committed to being better than you are when you're comfortable. Yeah. Which and sucks. Can we say that? Can it, we say that that sucks? It does suck. Yeah. It does suck because we all want to feel safe. And like we're following in some type of established blueprint. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's not what you're designed to do. Maybe you just don't fit in that box. Maybe that's not the path for you. That's Mm -hmm. why it hasn't happened. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's so unfair, and when we talk about representation and why it's so important from, you know, a race standpoint, a gender standpoint, a sexual orientation, a gender identification, as a white woman... I can imagine from first person experience, limitless endings to my story, which makes it a little bit easier to step out and take that first step of like, maybe I'm not who they say that I am. And I think it's one of the reasons that representation is, I mean, and and why we need to imagine wildly. And it's one of the reasons the Family and Friends Fund was started is what would you create 
if you knew that there might be capital for you in your city? Mm. Like, what would you do? What what oh, wow. what dream have is lo- so locked up under yep. eighteen layers yes. of trap doors that you yes. won't even open it? Yes, because it's not actually possible. And it's not about the money. It's about how many doors can we unlock? Because ultimately, vision leads resources, right? You get money because you have a vision. Well, when you never, ever think your vision is possible, you can never get money. You know, it's like this chicken and egg situation. And we're not trying to raise a million dollars because there's a million dollars in deal flow. We're trying to raise a million dollars because there are billions of dollars in deal flow. Billions in the Black, Indigenous community, the people of color community in Fort Wayne. Billions. But if if everyone in that group is too locked up and, and knows that the median household wealth is eleven thousand dollars. You know, you're one emergency away from yeah. being on the street. Why, yeah. How are you going to dream about a tech software startup? You know. Listen, there are so many things I want to say because I agree with that so fully. And the reality is that we get so focused on what we think is possible or not possible for us. Yes. That we don't even go to the limits of what we know. Yes. And when yes. you don't go to <laughs> yes. the limits of what you know, you never will see beyond them to the next step. Yeah. It's the forest, right? It's that forever forest. I don't start because I'm afraid it's a forever forest. But in the process of not starting, I haven't started anything. And now years and years and years of my life have passed. And I'm perching in different spots along the same the path edge. because I'm too afraid to actually venture into the forest. Um, and and I say that because yeah. it's that whether it's your job, your relationship, you know, your family. Patterns of behavior. Patterns of behavior. You know, we have to. And I'm saying this because I'm going through my own stuff, right? This is all very, very top surface for me. Because I realize that past that pain, there's a new level of you that you would never trade. Because now you know. And that you can't imagine. Yes. Like the pride that I feel for the person that took that first step as scared as she was um, is something I can't put words into. And, you know, I've received a significant amount of external accolades this year, more than I deserve, you know, and I look at them and, and it's what's funny is I feel very little about them because the transformation was all inside. So I would be feeling just as proud, just as accomplished, just as loving towards this failed business if no one noticed. Yeah. Because it was it was my transformation. Yeah. What other people witness or interpret or yeah. see you is know. what it is. It is what it is, you know. And Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's it's and and you know, for you, just if I could if I can just take a moment and look at you and sure. say, you're already so brave. You're already doing it, you know, keep going, keep going. You think you're waiting to do the hard part. You've already done the hard part, right? (laughs) You've already done the hard part. doesn't mean it's not going to keep being hard, but like if this was learning how to swim, someone already pushed you in, right? That big, scary thing, it's already happened. And, And to anyone listening, you know, you, whatever it is that you're dreading, you've already survived more than whatever that thing is. Like you've survived everything. That's been thrown at you. Everything. Things that you noticed, things that you didn't notice, things that were systemic. Um, you've you've survived it all. Like you're fucking amazing. And you're ready. Like, because you're never ready, right? So you're always ready. It's these dualities of you're always gonna fail. So why not start now? 
And you're always going to succeed because success is only measured by how much you grow. You're always going to fail. You're always going to succeed. You might as well just freaking do it and know that there's people that love you, right? People that love you and that will, your worst case scenario better include the fact that there's people that love you who aren't going to let you. Yeah. Whatever it is that your worst case scenario Uh, is in your head. Right. right? That's really (laughs) Mine is go hungry and never be able to nap. Those are the only two things I need. I mean, I love my family. They're great. But if I knew I would never be able to nap again, like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? Naps are important. So um, before I let you go, I know it's, it's getting it's getting close. Um, I would love to get a thought exercise from you about finding a new path. But before we do the thought exercise, I'm going to do a quick ad for uh, for the podcast and for my course really quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, this is Empower You Podcast. Empower You Podcast is uh, devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our likes, subscribers, fans, friends, uh, loved ones, listeners. Uh, we talk about a multitude of topics on this show from a societal, economic, and cultural perspective. We truly believe that through tough conversations, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. And if you desire to have your own podcast, if you desire to build a brand around positivity, around your purpose, around your mission, like I have done, I want you to reach out to me. My email address is empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com. That is empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. And let's talk. Let's get it going. I offer all kinds of coaching and a suite of, of online products that will help you not only create an impactful, consistent podcast that saves you time, but it also will enable you to add your voice and to lend your voice to the world because people are waiting on you to be great. And if you aren't great, you are you are depriving other people of their opportunity to hear from you and to grow from you. So uh, reach out to me at empoweryoupodcast at gmail.com and go ahead and go to empoweryoupodcast.com. There's merch available there and there's also uh, any teaching tools and resources available there as well. So uh, join with us. We are creating an entire Uh, an entire sphere, an entire space where we can really have these conversations in such a way that is easy to execute and that we leave a ladder for the future. So again, that's empoweryoupodcast.com. Kristen? (laughs) Okay. First, can I, if I may? Yeah. I've been on several podcasts. It was such a gift to see your level of preparation. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Just going to say that. Um, Okay. Thought exercise. This is one of my favorites. And my sister shared this with me as an icebreaker for like a team meeting. And I've turned it into my own personal like journaling prompt. So something that you're feeling stuck on, write the headline for the newspaper on that thing for a year out, five years out, 10 years out. So empower you podcast in one year, local Fort Wayne podcast authority has 500 podcasts under his sphere, whatever it is, right? Write the headline. You don't have to get into all the details. Um, for hyperlocal, you know, a year out, what I would have pictured my headline or yeah, my newspaper headline being versus what it was, was very different, but it gave me the momentum of like, that is absolutely accomplishable within yeah. a year. And okay, I'm going to start taking steps towards that. The five year and the 10 year you could do for 
your business. You could do it for a relationship. Um, it can be just that one liner of in 10 years, my marriage will be stronger than ever and we'll be going on a tropical vacation three times a year. Like where you can start to just wrap your head around the future that you're building. Um, the headline structure is really fun because it helps you think, um, actually, the CEO of my of the company I'm with, Pond, said at his former employer, they always said, every email you send, picture what it would look like if the New York Times headline said, blank company employee said, like in this year of cancel yeah. culture, right? Yeah. Um, to, to take that approach of like, if your mom and grandma and your high school crush all read it, what would it say? Um, I, I, it's a fun one. It's a fun one to do in groups. It's a fun one to do alone, but I, I grabbed onto it with this topic of finding your new path of if right now you're at the edge of the woods, can you picture what it looks like when you find that clearing? Can you picture what it looks like when you're packing your next bag for your next path? You know, what you've accomplished, how far you've come. Yeah. That's awesome. Write your own headlines. I'm going to do that. I got some ideas. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I haven't even Send let y'all know about some of the stuff I'm, I'm, I'm working on, but it, it's going to be awesome. So I'm definitely going to use that exercise. Write the headlines, y'all. Write take your some, own headline. Yeah, take your story. Make it your own. Don't wait for anybody else to decide what your path is going to be. So thank you so much for being here. You were great. I just I really appreciate treasure it. an opportunity to... To talk to you any chance I get. Absolutely. Um, and you. also, you know, I, the path of an entrepreneur, one of the most beautiful pieces of it is that you suddenly become a teacher, whether you're a success or a failure, right? And no matter which, you know, which metrics you're using to measure that. Yeah. So anything that anyone could learn from this strange journey I've been on makes it more worth all That's of right. the hits and misses I had along the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> thanks for that's, having me. That's paving the path. Yeah. Thanks that for all you do it. in our city. Thank you. Listen, appreciate you. <laughs> all right, y'all. I will talk to you all a little bit later. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all be good now. Peace. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real-world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.